0: It's the Locked On Hornets podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get them. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail and at not of the scribe. Remember to take, uh, to check out the live NBA draft show come July 29th NBA draft goat. That's right. The greatest of all time, Chad Ford locked on NBA Absolutely. draft host, Raphael Barlow and locked on NBA host, John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA draft. It's locked on NBA draft 2021 brought to you by built bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick, follow locked on NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Also go check out the Locked On NBA pod. They're doing the mock draft over there. I believe they'll be doing the six through 10 picks today, if I'm not mistaken. They released oh, their wow. first video on the first through five picks. I think today will be six through 10. And then the next one will lead off the third show, 11 through 15. I think that's how exactly. they're doing it.
1: Exactly. So they can hear the exact point where you stabbed me in the back with Zaire Williams. I appreciate that, Walker.
0: Absolutely. Go that. check it so, out. So They'll much. be getting to it very quickly in the third episode that they do. Um, well, we'll evaluate Terry Rogier later on today. The, the last two segments will be safe for that. Maybe about a segment and a half or so. We'll eval Terry's year, go through his stats. And maybe we can talk about what we expect from him uh, from the future, what we think his long-term plan is and the Charlotte Hornets long-term plan with Terry is. But yesterday we talked about John Hollinger and his mm-hmm. point guard rankings as they'll be available this off season. Basically your top 30, right? He goes through maybe top 20, all of the point guards that are on that list. He ranks them as to how valuable they are this off season. And he put Devonte Graham as the fifth PG and the algorithm uh, that he ran, as far as what kind of money he could be seeing this off season, the number came back at $19 million. That's what we talked about yesterday. Today, he to
1: a lot of Hornets fans, That's a very broken algorithm because I'm looking at the numbers on the poll we put up yesterday and y'all were not happy. Y'all were not happy at all. No,
0: go check it out at Locked on Hornets. We wrote about it, got a little bit of play um, or we put a poll out there. Would you be okay with him coming in at that much? Do we need to keep him and Malik Monk? And so uh, John Hollinger has a lead up. Um, And and a follow up, I should say, about Malik after ranking the shooting guards in their availability this offseason, how much money they could possibly get. He runs Malik Monk through the algorithm and he comes in at about five million dollars as a restricted free agent. He's ranked 15th on this list. Here's what John Hollinger has to write about. He says Malik Monk has a seven point three million dollar qualifying offer, and it's not totally clear that it makes sense for Charlotte to qualify him. The Hornets have a deep backcourt, and minus the cap hold for Monk, would have considerable leftover cap room to sign a real starting center before re-upping guard Devontae Graham. While that's all true, let's focus on that first paragraph, Nada, before we move on, Mm -hmm. because the cap hold for Malik Monk is $16 million. You hear John Hollinger say it doesn't make all that... We're not sure if it makes sense. I don't think he's really going on one side of the fence or the other. He's just saying it's not totally clear whether it makes sense. But Sam Quinn, when he had his write-up with CBS Sports yesterday, he said this. The Hornets are a third team with access to the, quote, pull the qualifying offer trick in the name of maximizing space. He mentions Miami, he mentions Toronto as well. Their restricted free agent is Devontae Graham, who will almost certainly be back. The same cannot be said for Malik Monk, who is also restricted, but has a $16 million cap hold that simply is not worth retaining. If they want Malik back, their best bet is either signing him with space or hoping he'll take the cap room mid-level exception. Assuming they renounce Monk and make Graham unrestricted, they're looking at almost $25 million in space to pursue a new center. I'm going to read that one again because that's the most important part. Assuming they renounce Malik Monk and make Graham unrestricted, They're looking at almost $25 million in space to pursue a new center. But nada, I don't think they're going to allow Graham to be unrestricted. I think they're going to match whatever offer comes his way, even if it does approach that algorithm Hollinger put out yesterday at about 19 million. And I don't think they should renounce Monk, but I think they will. I think after the sixth, go go ahead.
1: I think they have to though. Like that's, that's like, I don't want them to renounce Monk because I don't want them to give away an asset for free. I also do worry that they're going to do it because they feel like the biggest hole in on the roster is center. And they need to address that fairly quickly. The question that I, I would ask you is how important is center if you basically bury yourself, create a bigger hole at the wing position uh, uh, and end up having to draft a guy that isn't ready to contribute or opens the door for more Martin Twin minutes, which I'm not sure any Hornets fan really wants to see at this point.
0: Yeah, I, I ultimately would rather have Malik Monk back with this team and if they can do so at a lower price, then great. But if if it means that he's going to go to a different team, then that's something I would really don't want to experiment with because I, I want Malik Monk as a scoring guy off of the bench and or getting significant minutes. But what I think is going to eventually happen is they're going to bring back Devontae Graham and I do think they're eventually going to renounce Monk because they want to have some of that cap space to go after a center and And it's why when we talk about the Hornets having this cap space, it's, it's not as much as you might think, because you're not considering the cap holds as much. And that would take them out of a Rashawn Holmes type of play in, in some of those categories, especially if he's going to get North of what he's asking, or if he's going to get anywhere close to what he's asking, then you're starting to look at, you know, the other smaller priced centers out there on the open market.
1: I do worry though that at some point we're going to like we keep talking about this and this is probably the most important decision when you talk about the off season is just how important is retaining either one or two of these guys are you willing to spend to use up the cap hold no probably not but also at the same time this is the NBA and most of these deals are done well before the league year starts so If I'm not saying you Joe Smith yourself and for those that are old enough Hmm. to remember Joe Smith was once a member of the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Minnesota Timberwolves had a deal done early before the leak year started and David Stern hit them for two first round picks. So I'm not saying you do something so blatant to where it basically skirts the rules. But I am saying that if you can make a deal before the league the league year starts with Malik and Devontae, it probably behooves you to do so. Like, it makes the most sense to do something along the lines of that and save yourself all this trouble. And instead of thinking you have only X amount of dollars to do this, to do this and that, and whatever, then you have a set amount. You can go bring a Rashawn Holmes in. You can bring one, maybe two centers in and go from there. But... The but it, I think it's important to do that before the league year starts. And knowing like the reputation of Mitch Kupchak. I'm not necessarily so sure that's all right. I
0: want to talk about John Hollinger's other paragraph on the other side of the break, and we can discuss the uh, the likelihood that maybe a Malik Monk would come back, what kind of absence, um, what kind of impact his absence would provide for this team. But first, let's talk about rockauto.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So, why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? save time and money when using rock auto. I don't know why you would choose to spend up to 100% more for the same parts from a chainsaw or car dealership because they've got reliably low prices for every single customer. They have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil. They've even got new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car, or your truck, right light, light, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. More John Hollinger, free agent analysis, as well as Terry Rozier evaluation
1: coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast.
0: This is Locked on Hornets.
1: I kicked the outlet past Doug and I let him run with it because you know what? He's going to do something that's going to be funnier than what I can do right now. I recognize <laughs> okay. my limitations and I'm going from there. <laughs> wow. That's a lot of that pressure. a self but self-reflection
0: within that teeing it up oh, for Doug. Oh,
1: <laughs> Got
0: <laughs> Got a little dark, dude. Yeah, it really did. Uh, we did. We um, mentioned self lo- self loathing <laughs> yesterday, and now we mentioned this. Not, are you okay, buddy? We're gonna we're gonna talk through it. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Because baseball season, it's in full swing as far as the second half goes. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. All right, let's get to the second paragraph that John Hollinger writes about Malik Monk. Let's do it. He says if he leaves Charlotte, however, Monk should be a person of interest for several teams around the league. He's a minus defender and not a playmaker for others, but he's 23 years old and shot 40.1% from three last year. And he's not just some token floor spacer. Monk can score. It's italicized pumping in 27.1 points per 100 possessions last year. He'd be a good option for a team that needs another bench score. And it seems like that team will be somebody other than the Hornets. Well, a couple of things I want to address one. Yeah. The team that couldn't use a, another bench score, it would be nice yeah. for the Hornets to have that guy on their team. Absolutely. Um, especially if, if, if Devonte Graham is that guy, I he's, he's the floor spacer, right? Devonte, And he can facilitate, but he's not getting your buckets inside the paint. Like Malik is he's one of the, he's the better finisher. He's the best finisher on this team. As far as a backcourt player is concerned. And we'll see about how yes. Lamelo grows into that, but right now it's clearly Malik. Um, yeah. The other one is that he's not a playmaker. Not a. I mean, you know, you know, I don't agree with that. <laughs> We've talked. Yeah, I, I knew you again. I knew
1: if there was going to be
0: anything
1: yeah. that you were going to disagree with, it would be that part. And and you know what the thing is? Like I get it. I, I but get this why is anybody. what allowed
0: us to bond in Monk Hive when we were both president yeah. and vice president at the time. You would tweet at me anytime that he had some Malik sick Dimes. dime yeah. because he has so many of them. That that's not true. Like he is a playmaker. If, if you want to look at some of the assist numbers, they're not nearly as high, but we can also go to what Malik Monk and he's been sitting on the bench. James Brago hasn't committed to his playing time nearly as much. But when they put the ball in Malik's hands and they run pick and roll, he's a savvy passer out of the pick and roll you know he's he he's a playmaker right like Malik can absolutely make plays for others he is an excellent passer
1: no he is absolutely an excellent passer I do believe that he can be a playmaker where I like there's a lot of this that it feels like this is stat sheet looking and not in-game looking per se because I, I I don't necessarily like I'm in between Monk Hive and where Hollinger is right now like, I don't agree with a decent portion of this write-up. I also understand where the perspective, especially from a national perspective. Like, I understand the view from a national perspective on this one as well. There's a lot of this that, like, the shades of gray are clearly there. So, when we talk about this, like, I, I don't get why you can't say Malik is a, isn't a good playmaker. But at the same time, I feel confident in saying, like, not a playmaker tells me you didn't watch.
0: Yeah. And, and when you talk about him being a minus defender, I think Malik has improved greatly ever since entering the league there. And he is only 23 years old. As mentioned here, he's, you know, man, he's still got a couple of years before he even reaches 25. So, um, look, I, I just think monk considering what the outside view is on him, how much money he would be calling for. I think Malik monk in the plans, even short-term, long-term, if you will, even for the next couple of years, I think it makes sense for sure Charlotte, but as we talk about this backcourt situation, let's transition into Terry Rozier, Nada, because here yes. we are talking about the decisions to be made for Devonte Graham and Malik Monk in restricted free agency. Whether the offer sheet is going to get too high for Charlotte to want to match, or if they're just going to bring him back altogether—that eats into their cap space. They renounce Malik's cap hold because James Borrego has not committed to his playing time. Malik, in the exit interview, said he just wants to feel wanted, and it hasn't been like that here. He has not felt. That that here. And that's clear and it's justified. Whether you think Malik should have been seeing time, you can clearly understand Malik's notion that he doesn't feel valued or wanted here with the Charlotte Hornets team. So fair enough. Either way, I think that leads eventually to the Charlotte Hornets renouncing his rights, trying to save some cap space in front of all of that. One, they could have had more cap space had they not stretched Nick Batum and found a legit trade partner to take Ooh, on that contract. There. So $9 million per year. That's a lot. That's a lot. So that comes into play when we're talking about this off season, but you know, we can also uh, discuss Terry Rogier and his contract, not a, I, look, when we evaluate him, right? Terry yes. was very good offensively. He really was. He's He was a top two Hornet last year. He's, bar none. he's still not. You talk about playmaking. His playmaking comes and goes, and mostly it's kind of gone. I, I, I would yeah. rather have LaMelo, Devontae. And Malik Monk making decisions out of the pick and roll before I would have Terry making that decision. But Terry has been the most consistent shooter out of anybody on this Hornets team the last two years, and that's extremely valuable. What brought him to a new realm this season? It was shooting inside the arc. The two-point percentage was a huge increase from last year. What was a career high? I think it was like 43.6. My computer's acting funky. I'm trying not to pull up some of these stats. But if memory serves correct, it was about 43.6% from two. He shot about 51.2% this year inside two point range. I mean, that is just a monstrous increase while not sacrificing the three point shooting. He had the one month slump where it seemed like he got tired, but even bounced back somewhat nicely after that. With all of that being said, an overall efficiency of 45% from the field, effective field goal percentage was a career high too. I don't think his value gets higher than what it does right now, Nada, especially with the contract year. So you get off of this deal after next season. And he can even make a big boy contract after that. I I don't want to sign him to a big boy contract, especially if Devante is going to come back. Let's even just say 17 million. You've got LaMelo who you're going to have to take care of down the line. You've got a lot more money to allocate towards you different got Miles, positions.
1: You got PJ to take care of down the it, line. It
0: too. just makes the most sense to me to trade Terry Rozier. That, that's what makes the most sense to me. And I don't know if the Charlotte Hornets are going to do it.
1: I, I see, here's the thing. I, I get where you're coming from. I really, 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 really do. Because you're talking about a guy that was like these at worst, the second best Hornet this year in terms of offensive production. If you're talking about consistent offensive production, he might be the first considering that Gordon Award didn't play enough games. The question I have about a signing, like trading a Terry Rozier is what does it do to the people aspect of this? You're now leaving a functional leadership role. Like, you're leaving a leadership void there. Do you trust a LaMelo to be that guy? I'm not sure I'm ready to do that yet. Do you trust Miles to step up even further if that happens? I'm not sure about that either. Who? So there's a legitimate point of... This team might have a leadership vacuum if you go that route. I don't – I wouldn't blame Mitch and them if they did this. I wouldn't say that, hey, this is a bad idea altogether. I, I just don't know. I'm not – like I'm reticent to do it. And the other thing is, honestly, it make if it makes sense, I'm here for some sort of deal like that. I – am also of the mind that if this is going to be one of those kinds of deals where you just deal them for, like, it can't be for the sake of just dealing. It really can't. It really can't be just for the sake of dealing. Him. And if that's going to be the case, then you're going to have to explain this in terms of the people aspect down the line.
0: Yeah, uh, we can talk about that on the other side of the break and discuss more about the idea of trading Terry Rogier, what he might call for in return, and just the future of the backcourt here with the Hornets organization. It's coming up next, the last segment of Locked on Hornets. This is Locked on Hornets.
1: I do not like the MB2 nickname. That Lame- oh, it's bad. LaMelo, come yeah. on, man. I mean, look, I-, I
0: love everything else about you, but the MB times two, how in the world do you not like Airbnb, but you like MB times two? I, yeah. That's that's bad. We can't allow him to create. And that's the that's the, the reason the rule exists. You can't give yourself your nickname. You can't do no, that. Exactly. So, this is as
1: I'm, bad as Kevin Durant wanted to call himself the servant.
0: It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Continuing to evaluate Terry Rozier, what he did the last couple of seasons for Charlotte, last season for Charlotte what he can be in the present and what the future of his uh of his presence on the team might be you know you bring up the the people aspect of this nada and and you bring that up quite a bit understandably so when discussing how to do business it's not just an asset business you have to recognize that these are human beings and how much does that affect what other free agents might think of you um are you rocking the boat too much when talking about all of this i i still think with all of that considered when you we we've gone over all of the players that you're going to pay, what players are truly worth their value, especially at younger positions with some of these guys, uh, it to me it, it does make sense to uh, to trade Terry. Now, I I understand that you don't want to do it just to do it to get off of the money is what I'm assuming you mean by that. Just, you, you yes. Know, so I'm I'm with you as far as wanting to get some. I think you can get some really good value, right? Like let's let's say that. Terry Rozier comes in and, and performs within the same stratosphere he did last season. You know, he comes in, he's okay. still shooting 38% from three on six, seven attempts per game. It was really eight last year, but let's just say seven attempts per game, thirty-eight okay. percent from three. You know, that that's on the conservative type of measurement there. He's still gonna be very valuable. Let's say that he's even shooting forty-five percent from the field, which is what he came down to after a slump. You know, that's still gonna be something. That you can trade for possibly. I I wonder if that would help. I don't know who who would, who would value Terry that way? Like I always go to Indiana because I've always thought Miles Turner made the most sense. It's the guy, it's it's the guy that's been available. That's made the most sense to me via contract via fit, you know, what you could get up and give up in return. Pacers kind of want some facilitating uh, on their roster that that isn't there necessarily right now. But you could also have that shooting that you also can't have enough of. And you would get the cap space. You would get out from another cap hit. It would be very... I think they're making the same amount of money, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's Miles Turner and Terry who are making $18 million a year. Yeah. And Terry's contract would come off of the books. You would get some free agency to... Uh, you would get some money to work with in the next year's free agency more so. Um, do you have to give up a protected first round pick alongside that to go get miles is Terry playing so well that he's viewed pretty damn well. Can you get rid of, is it a Jalen McDaniels in that? Like it, does, does he take a next step? You know, I don't want to get rid of miles or PJ. Uh, I would rather have the control that you do with them with their rookie contract and the fact that I, I just believe in them long-term. But, yeah, like I think Terry Rogier is pretty valuable is, is the bow that I'll put on all of this, it, at least no, in the minds of every that. other NBA GM.
1: No, like I do think he's valuable, but I just I'm of the mind that if you're going to deal him, it's got to be for a piece that moves us forward, because I do not think uh, it, again, it goes back to the how are you best going to maximize the lamello ball window? How do you best do that? You do that with a guy that shot the lights out of the ball from three because we're not sure that LaMelo ball can do that. And also taking the best shooter on the roster off the floor, uh, again, away from this team means you better have a replacement. And at best, your replacements are Malik Monk, possibly a, again, a Cody Kispert that like, it almost locks you into Cody Kispert. If he's there at at 11, like that's my feeling on something like that. If you're going to deal him, you better have a shooter in place, like a Doug McDermott, some something lines, along the lines of that. Well, maybe we get him back
0: in some type of sign and trade, right? Like if we're going to stick well with too. the if we're going to stick with the Pacers example.
1: Yeah, like I do believe that if you're going to take if you're going to take away Terry Rozier you better be bringing some legit bona fide year-in, year-out shooting to this roster because otherwise we're going to see this team being defended from the foul line in. Like, I feel very, very confident in saying that, or at least the only person that they have to worry about chasing off the line would be a Devontae Graham. So I get the aspect. I would need to know the return first. And if it's a Miles Turner, cool, I get it. I understand. But if it's anything other than that— look, I I might have a a few problems with that.
0: Yeah, and I just wonder also how that, expiring contract is viewed. I think it's viewed pretty easily favorably. I don't think Terry turns into this player that team wants to have them locked in so long term, right? I think he's actually kind of the perfect build for that. Here's somebody that's a really good shooter. He's going to get a lot of money on his next contract. Anyway, he's not going to get any less than what he's making right now in his next contract, unless he just can't hit the broadside of a barn. I don't think that's going to happen coming into this season. So I, I think the, the expiring deal is going to be really valuable on top of him being a good player. Like, is this a guy that, you know, one of these, should we go for it? Should we not teams or Hey, we're contending. Let's go ahead and solidify ourselves with another shooter. I feel like Terry is a really good example of that. And I think, I think he's kind of Lou Williams in that regard. I'm not comparing their games. I'm, I'm saying, remember how Lou Williams would always be the guy that was on the trade block for a team that, Hey, we need scoring off of the bench. We need a, another guy to come in and help us out offensively. I think Terry could be that player. So, uh, you know, maybe Philadelphia, you know, do they get interested in, in Terry they say let's go after him. We like the cap space afterwards because obviously they've got deals locked up with you know Ben Simmons. Don't know don't know yeah. what's going to happen with him, but Joel and buy Tobias Harris is on a big boy deal, right? Like, do they view Terry as somebody that can help them win? Now they get off of his cap space, and then they can go and look after someone else. You know, the Clippers, the Lakers are two teams that are constantly thrown out there. I, I just think Terry, he's going to be. I think he'll be in tier one when it comes to the category of dudes most talked about getting traded for one of those l- teams looking to contend or, or just take a next step in the post season.
1: No, I, I do. I do believe that, but I just like the one thing I do worry about, and it goes back to the people aspect is if you remove a guy like Terry Rozier, what does that do for your window to, to, to compete and if is the. It also depends on what the goal for next year is. Because as Mitch Kupchak has said, James brego has said multiple times, this team was ahead of schedule last year. Well, what is on schedule? Is on schedule another play-in tournament appearance? Is it a play-in spot? Because if you're telling me that this team's schedule is full-blown playoff spot, I don't see how you get there without keeping Terry Rogier as a part of your top seven, top eight rotation this year. So there's a lot of this that I feel like we still need to figure out. But I'm not I, I'm not like it goes back to what we start, where we started with this. I'm not against it, but I would need to see the return.
0: Well, and, and one other thing real quickly about all of this, when we talk about the behavioral aspect of this, when we discuss what it might do to you know players, anger or not. You and, you and you've put it in this perspective as well. It's really your team now that would get angry. It's the Charlotte Hornets that might yeah. not want to see Terry Rogier go. If you trade Terry to a contender and he's still making his money, you, he's going to be happy, right? I mean, and maybe he doesn't yeah. want to leave Charlotte, but you're not doing him dirty, you're not trading him to the Rockets for him to be, you know, the number one scorer on that team or a team like that, right? That for him to get this big role and never see the playoffs in the next couple of years or so, right? You're not trading him to that's some fair. team yeah. that is gonna, that's never gonna seek any kind of success the next couple of years. You're trading him in this scenario we're talking about, which I think is highly likely to a team that is looking to go on a deep run in the postseason. And, and also you're trading him to a team that values him enough to be a part of a winning formula. So so I don't think you have to worry about sending Terry angry to another team, him talking about that with other players. Hey, you know, you're know you going to be viewed as a pawn in their scheme. They're going to Danny Ainge you and view you as just an asset for their own good. Like I don't think that's going to happen from the Terry standpoint. I think the thing you might worry about is the Charlotte Hornets not wanting to see Terry go, but you know, that's also, we also understand it's a business, right? Like I, I I think, I think this is well within that window of, Hey, Terry, we did him a solid. We were looking to improve our team. We felt this was the best move. Apologize that you guys are viewed as brothers and I get all of that, but this was the best move for us. I think the Hornets players would understand that.
1: I I, I do understand where you're coming from on that. Like if this is done with his approval, like, okay, if you're going to deal, we're not going to have the, again, if there is no deal, there is no long-term deal. Let's send you to the place that you want to go. And this is a conversation that you absolutely have to have with a Terry Rogier, because I do think that at some point you do have to talk either extension. And if the extension numbers are where they where you want them to be, then okay, cool. That makes that makes sense to do it. But at the same time, if this team, if he doesn't want to agree to a deal, or if he wants to work the market when there's supposed to be more money available next season, then, yeah, you find yeah. out as approved teams, you do it quietly, and you send them somewhere, and hopefully you get a decent package back. Because if not, then you're going to have to explain this to not only just the fans, but the locker room as well.
0: Alright, that wraps up this edition of Locked On Hornets. Thanks again to Bill Barr for supporting the show. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA, Hollinger and Duncan, really any show on the network. And remember to keep that July 29th um, date in mind and check out our live NBA draft show. There's going to be plenty of programs out there, but we've got the draft goat and Chad Ford. We also have him conversing with Raphael Barlow here, the Locked On NBA draft host. Judge uh, John Corrales will be there as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. 7 p.m., July 29th, taking place the date of the NBA draft. Thanks again for supporting us and listening. We'll be back with you tomorrow.